0: Awesome. Can we have all the C&K kids just stand up where you are, even the little kids, and let's give them thanks that they gave a great message. So every week in Advent, the kids have a short drama to just give us a little bit of insight into the story that we're going to jump into in the message and so i give thanks for them because we believe here at oikos that we are part of god's family business and in god's family business everybody takes part and so these guys have had their first experience giving just a little bit of message because we believe that everyone can give a message for god that he will call upon each of us at one time or another to give his word to someone else we saw this in the last four weeks as the elders and Ken Hennings came through and gave a message each week. I haven't been up here for a while. Some of you are like, yeah, that was a good thing. But others, you're saying, like, are you on an extended vacation? What's going on? And I I just want to encourage us that the messages that we bring are not about a personality. It's about God's people. And so we are all being prepared to share his word, his messages to his people. So we heard a lot in the play about covenant, and I thought this morning it'd be good to just explore the importance of covenant and what it means for us today as it meant to Abraham and Sarah at that time, and how it changes our identity and how we can look at ourselves differently when God calls us and places his blessing upon us. So today we're going to be in Genesis chapter 17, so if you want to turn to your Bibles. In chapter 17 of Genesis, Genesis is the first book of the Bible. As you turn to Genesis 17, we get right into the story. Abraham is about 99 years old now. He's an older man, and God speaks to him. Verse 1, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you. By which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. At this, Abram fell down, face down on the ground. When God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I will make you a father of a multitude of nations. What's, what's more, I am changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations, and kings will be among them. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of the descendants after you. And I will give the entire land of Canaan, where you now live as a foreigner, to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever, and I will be their God. So we see in this chapter 17, in just the first few verses, that God makes a promise, a covenant. And when we look at that word covenant, remember covenant always requires blood. So in the ancient times, this was very common. It would always require blood. And so oftentimes, they would split the animal in half this way, and you would walk through. And what the two parties would say is, if I break this covenant, may this be done to me. So if you split it in half, you'd walk through the animal. The other person would walk through the animal, and you just made a promise to one another. Because they recognized that two was better than one. It meant more strength. And oftentimes a person making the covenant, there would be a greater and a lesser. And so the greater would have more to the table than the lesser. But once they walked through that covenant, they were one. And they were stronger because of it. So when God makes a covenant with us, he's the greater, we're the lesser. But once the covenant is made, We're one. We're one. He lives in us, and we live in him. And to make sure that Abraham and Sarah recognized that a major change had happened here, that he was no longer just a God that they knew of, but he would be their God. He gives them a new name. And the way Yahweh does this is that he takes part of his name And he places it in their name. So if we look at this picture here, this is the Hebrew form of Yahweh. There's only four letters. The two letters that look like an upside-down L with a little squiggle at the bottom. So you have the squiggle and then the upside-down L with the little squiggle and two dots. That letter there in Hebrew is hey. Everybody say hey. It's the easiest one to learn, hey. Hey. So, hey, Yahweh, so it's a yod and a hey, and as you go through these letters, making up the word as we pronounce it as Yahweh, Yahweh takes his name, and he gives his two hey's, you see there's two hey's there, he gives one to Abraham, or Abram, and one to Sarai. And these are the verses that it says. In verse 5, and verse, in chapter 17, it says, What's more, I'm changing your name. You'll no longer be Abram. Instead, you'll be called Abraham. Essentially, Abram, I'm giving you my hey. For you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations, and kings will be among them. But this promise was not just for Abram. It was also for his wife, Sarai. In verse 15 in chapter 17 it says then God said to Abram Abraham regarding Sarai your wife her name will no longer be Sarai for now her name will be Sarah and I will bless her and give you a son from her yes I will bless her richly and she'll become the mother of many nations kings of nations will be among her descendants a new name always means a new identity just last week, I was working at the new campus, and this guy was walking by, and, for, and you guys might just say this is just what a pastor does, but I felt like the Lord was telling me I should engage him. And So I turned and I said, hi, and how are you? And I said, what are you up to today? And he said, well, I, I'm going to the pawn shop to get some money for this gold. I said, well, I hope that the Lord will bless you richly as you go. I said, and what's your name? And he goes, Space. And I said, well, it's good to meet you, Space. And I thought, it's a little strange saying that, but I'll go with it. And I said, Space, what's your last name? And he looked at me kind of like, I'm like a one-name guy, dude. And he goes, well, that's not like my real name. And I'm like, well, I kind of figured that, unless your (laughs) parents were on drugs when they gave you that name, maybe, but whatever. And he goes, it's Eddie. He never did give me his last name. But Eddie became a new person when he took on the name space. Now, I have no idea what's connected to that name space, but Eddie was a different person when he accepted that name. Now, I believe our God, the Father, is probably trying to call space back into the name of Eddie. I don't know why, for sure, because I don't have all the details. But I'm guessing that the name space probably isn't about great things in the kingdom of God. And so as we learn about people, We're always looking for God to place something new upon them and bring them back to him. And often that comes with a new name. In baptism, we are given a new name in Christ. And that's a promise that is very real and very present. Just like the Lord's Supper, it's very real and very present. We get to touch it. In those sacraments, Jesus touches us. We experience him. Personally. And so in baptism, in those simple names of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, He places upon us a new name. We have the name of Christ upon us. Jesus is promised to be in us, to work through us, to lead us. We become a new person. We have a new promise. And it is a huge promise because it's a promise that says, you are now part of God's family. You are part of God's family business. You are recognized before the throne of God. You can approach the throne of God anytime because you aren't an outside servant. You are not an enemy to the throne. You are a son or daughter. And what king would never or ever say no to his son or daughter coming to his throne. You're a part of a family, and you have a new identity as children of God. We see this in Colossians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. 1 John chapter 3 says it this way, See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is who we are. He loves us so much that he would make a covenant with us and if you remember i said covenant always requires blood so to make this covenant through baptism christ had to become flesh human flesh the father had to send his son to live among us and then not only did he have to send his son to live among us and be stripped from all his power and authority in heaven but Jesus had to die for us. They required blood. And in that death, he assured that we would not have to die because Jesus will not break his promise. And that promise is everlasting. And so he seals it with this sacrament that we call baptism. And he gives us a new name in that covenant. And he says, you're all part of the family now. Through my blood, it is sealed. Through my blood, you have a promise that's everlasting. Through my blood, you will see now that you're here and you're part of my family, but not yet. Because I'll come again and make sure that this is completely made right. All the pain and the struggle that you see right now will be wiped away one day when I come again. As I was looking at these words of Yahweh and him giving the haze to Abraham and Sarah, I thought that I would look at one other word and that's that we've got something new coming up as well. And that's our new campus. Everybody excited about that? This isn't a bad space, right? God has blessed us in big ways since we have begun. In fact, I would say every, every spot that we went to, whether it was at the Rogers home, or the Lycos home, or the Vanderwater's home, or the Schmidt home, we were always well cared for, always everything was assembled so that we could have worship and gather together. And we started to learn what it looked like to become family. We got a little glimpse. And then we came here, things were good. We had a great relationship with the principal Dallas Lusk was a huge blessing. He cried when we came and said, we're wondering if we could have church here. And he said, I hope that I was praying that something like this would happen. God continued to just open up doors and now we have this new campus and it was before called Bethany. Now in Bethany, in Hebrew, it actually means house of figs. Which is a good thing. I mean, it's, figs was a I mean, that's a good stuff. Everybody like figs? I don't really like figs, but everybody else, it's a good thing if you like figs. It actually means house of figs, but the root word in Hebrew is bayet. And bayet means extended family. And often in Hebrew, you would see the house of Jacob. And it was talking about his extended family. And what that would mean if you were a part of the house of Jacob. It meant that you had blessing because you were a part of that family. Because that name was upon you. And I thought it was interesting. Maybe if you had a better pastor, I would have connected these dots a lot sooner. But I didn't until a few days ago. So as I looked at this, I thought, isn't it awesome? that we're going into a new place and we are changing the name. It's becoming Oikos. But what does Oikos mean? Extended family. The house. The house of the Lord. And so as we move into Bethany, this this connection just really kind of hit my heart that how awesome that God is doing a new thing in a place... It has the same name, but a different way. One is in Hebrew, another is in Greek. We get this bayet, we we see it in chapter 17 in Genesis. From generation, this is verse 12, from generation to generation, every male child must be circumcised on the eighth day after his birth. This applies not only to the bayet, members of your family, but also to the servants, the bayet, in your household the foreign-born servants whom you have purchased so not just blood but also your servants and also those who are foreign-born everyone is included in the oikos or the bayet. i just think it's awesome that as we travel to a new place and we bring a new name that we begin to pray now what are some of the great new things that God has planned? What are some of the blessings that he's going to give to us? What are some of the things that he's going to ask us to bless others as we're there? And how will others be blessed as they come? Um, At this moment, I want to recognize two people. It's not because they have done the only work over at the new campus, but they have done quite a bit and they've saved thousands of dollars because of their knowledge, their connections, and because they were willing to serve the Lord. And so if Alex Lucio... Alex, go ahead and stand up. And Carl Mickle, go ahead and stand up. Can we give thanks to God for these two guys? Now, these two gentlemen... Have you guys ever been called gentlemen? Just just kidding. (laughs) These two gentlemen have saved a lot of money. If you go into the church, when we see it next week, and you open up those doors, Carl put his love and effort and leadership, because he wasn't the only one that worked on the doors. He had teams of people that came through and helped. But it was his vision of how we could make sure that these doors look great. And so he put his love into these doors and he's been putting his love into a bunch of other things and will continue to do that. Alex, if you saw Bethany, the old campus, on their closing ceremony, you would have seen the floors like they were. There's an, kind of an older worn carpet that was on the floor and then tiles. And there were two layers of tiles on the floor. And they had asbestos in them. And so because he had the the willingness to go in there and work hard and bring other people along with him. All those tiles were removed, and now when you walk in, you'll see this just beautiful, gray-layered, polished concrete floor. And so they both put their talents into this, and as they did their talents, God was working. Both men have influence on other men and women that they work with, and some of them had not been in a community or an oikos that prayed. And one of the comments, and I believe it was from Alex's crew, was that he hadn't, been, he hadn't prayed to God for a long time. And I think, and I may misquote this, Alex said, well, you're going to get a lot of that here. <laughs> so just let's give thanks again for everyone that has given time on the new campus thank you Alex thank you Carl so this is something that he's done now he's richly blessed us in preparing a new place and we're gonna get to see some of that if we wait one more week we'll see it over there but he also is preparing us to bless others and so this afternoon Sarah talked about it just a little bit Kara Rogers is supposed to be giving me a forecast on whether or not it's gonna rain hard or just a little bit later this afternoon. But what we wanna do is go over to Herrera Elementary. It's an elementary school that's really close to the new campus. It's only about eight blocks away, if that. And it's on the same street, it's Helmer Street, That's on the back side of our campus. And so you can walk to Herrera within about 10 minutes if you're walking pretty fast what we want to do is go they have a sidewalk that faces Helmers and we want to just write messages of hope with sidewalk chalk on as many blocks of sidewalk as we can so that when they arrive on Monday morning after this break of Thanksgiving they receive messages of hope as they enter the school day this is for the parents and the kids the teachers all those who serve at that elementary school. None of those messages we're not going to write from Oikos Church. This is from God. So we're looking for phrases and things to give them to provide a little hope as they enter in the rest of this year. We will do this more often, and eventually we'll start linking it up to our church. But right now it's going to be just a secret where we bless them and they have no idea who did it we'd love for you to join us it's at four o'clock today we're going to write those messages unless Tara tells me there's no freaking way (laughs) because it's going to rain and all your work is going to be washed away and then we're going to join up together and have a meal together have a meal together at the schmidt home one of the great things about covenant that we see, if you go into Genesis and you look at how God approached this covenant with Abraham and Sarah, he doesn't start in chapter 17. He starts way before that. And how he starts it is he has a meal with him. Meals do great things. You should never discount a meal. Over a meal, relationships are started and walls that were erected get broken down and so god starts His covenant with abraham and sarah a few chapters before by sharing a meal so we will do that as a family because we follow the ways the works and the words of jesus that's what we do so if god does something and he considers it worthy enough to do then we make space and time in our own schedules to do it as well So, we're going to chalk the block. Next week, during our worship gathering, we're going to have two baptisms. One has been scheduled for a while, and the girl's name is Bethany, which is kind of cool. We've got another one scheduled as well. And what we're going to do in these baptisms is that we are going to be reminded that we have a covenant with the Lord. So we'll get to do a baptismal remembrance as a community. We do this, this is part of our DNA at Oikos. And we're gonna do it for the first time in our new campus. And I hope as we enter into that baptismal remembrance next week, that we'll take a pause as we're dipping our finger in the water and marking our foreheads with the cross and our hearts with the cross, that we remember how much the lord has done for us but that's in the now but then look forward with hope that he has a lot more planned last week i talked about oikos being a church planting church right we plant churches right, right. we have a church that we're planting right now on Katy with frank hart right, right. guess what Because we want to make sure that Frank Hart can have health insurance, Frank Hart will be added to Oikos staff by January 1st. So not only will this be a church plant where we are kind of making a long reach, but Frank will actually become part of Oikos staff as well. The Lord does great things, and he plans better things than I can dream of. So as we continue to move forward and not just think about ourselves and our own little campus, God is going to open up our eyes to look way beyond. As he made Abraham a father of nations, he is making a church. He's making us a church of churches. And that's our word today. A church of churches. We will continue for the next 50 or 100 years or however long the Lord wants. But we will not be known as just Oikos who grows up to be this huge church. And everybody's like, oh, it was Pastor Lytle. You're like, what? It's going to be Oikos was this church that loved the community that they were in wherever the Lord placed them. And then they pushed out their love to other churches and allowed the Lord to work through not just them, but through other houses, other bayets, other oikoses as well. That's what we'll be known for. We will be increasing our discipleship and inviting more people to join the discipleship journey so that you are ready to represent his kingdom wherever you find yourself in. So in Advent, we celebrate that Jesus came. But we also have to wait, just like the kid said. We have to wait for his return. Because we know in that return, everything will be made right. And so I hope as we celebrate Advent, as you prepare your houses for Christmas, that you have that on your mind. Jesus, come quickly. Make everything right. But in the meantime, help me to represent you so that others may come to know your glory, your power, your redemption, your story. In your name we pray. Amen.